Uh, change of nerve today as US stocks fall on inflation fears, although like the inflation itself, this change of nerve might be only temporary because every day lately seems to bring a new direction and today's caution has waned a little as the session has gone on. So how long will inflation last? And increasingly the question being asked is, to what extent will wage increases be a part of it all? Also, RBA minutes today, UK unemployment numbers and the Aussie dollar, it's a little undervalued. When will it get its mojo back? It's Tuesday, the 18th of May 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks are down today, although they have staged a bit of a, a, an hour of power recovery. The last hour of trade, the Nasdaq was getting down to 1% down, but it's regained half of that, 0.4% off the S&P 500, and just a slither now off the Dow. We've got a quarter percent off the Euro stocks 50 as well, a smaller fall for the FTSE 100. But cast your net a little wider, the S&P uh, Europe 350, that's actually up one and a quarter percent this morning. Another slight fall in the US dollar, but the Aussie dollar is also down to 77.7 US cents now. The New Zealand dollar lost 0.5 percent. The pound, the biggest beneficiary of the weaker US dollar, it's up a third of one percent as the country makes its biggest step towards freedom. And the Canadian dollar up a similar amount, no doubt helped by oil prices, which are up over 1.1 percent for Brent, up almost one and a half percent for WTI. And a small move up in 10-year Treasury yields uh, in uh, in the US, yields up slightly more in Europe. Australian 10-year bond yields, though, down four basis points, down to 1.7%, but no big move, really, from the path that it's been following since March, so we perhaps shouldn't get too excited about that. Here's Tapas Strickland, NAB's Director of Economics for Markets in Sydney. Everyone's lost their nerve this week, Tapas, haven't they? Even though, you know, data-wise, there hasn't been any big surprises in the last 24 hours. We've had the Empire State Manufacturing Index, which was down a little, but that was anticipated. U.S. housing index, well, that doesn't, you know, it's not enough to move markets anyway, but that was what was expected. And we've had Fed speakers towing the party line uh, on inflation being only transitory. So why this change of nerve, do you think? Uh, good morning, Phil. <clears throat> I think it's markets reflecting on last week's price action and how um, markets reacted to that inflation surprise that we saw of the middle of last week. <clears throat> and when you look at uh, the underperformers uh, in the S&P 500 today, it really is the tech sector. And so the Nasdaq's down by 0.7%. And we've been talking uh, some time regarding uncertainty around valuations and whether uh, stocks have been extended. And the fear for the equity market, at least, is a Fed that is raising rates aggressively because it thinks it's behind the curve. Um, and so I guess a lot of the attention is really around uh, the prospects for inflation and whether the Fed would react to that. And two pieces of data out overnight, although second tier play towards that uh, prices picking up theme. Uh, and the first one you mentioned was a New York Empire Fed manufacturing survey. And when you look at the survey's prices paid and received, they hit an all-time high. Um, and that survey dates back to 2001. And importantly, the indexes for future prices paid and future prices received, which are expectations for the next six months remained very elevated as well. So at least within the New York Empire Fed Manufacturing Survey, they think those price pressures will last until at least the end of the year. And that's quite important uh, in terms of the Fed outlook, because uh, uh, the Fed's vice chair, Clarita, has previously said that uh, we won't know whether inflation, whether the pickup inflation will be temporary or not until the end of the year. Yeah. His base case is that it is Temporary. Well, that sort of wage push inflation, I mean, that is uh, getting quite a lot of uh, column inches, isn't it, in uh, US newspapers at the moment, not just in uh, in New York, uh, all around the country. I mean, some people blaming the government's unemployment supplement uh, as not helping here, uh, but people having to pay higher wages to get people back into work. So, I mean, 
that could be a longer term cost, couldn't it? I mean, that could be more than transitory inflation because you don't take an increased wage and then uh, and then say, okay, now that's over, I'll I'll, I'll take a cut again. So, I mean, that could uh, that could have real consequences. Oh, it, it could, and I guess when we're not there yet, um, but we'll be looking quite closely at the data going forward. And it's just worth noting, you're talking with Rodrigo with the uh, University of Michigan survey that came out on last Friday, and the inflation expectations out of that survey are now at or just slightly above longer and average levels. And that same dynamic is also being seen in inflation pricing within markets itself. Um, so the whole rationale for the Fed running average inflation targeting and desiring an overshoot of the inflation target is to lift those inflation expectations and entrench them to be consistent with the 2% target. Uh, some in the market would argue we're already there now. And the risk is if you do get higher headline inflation, uh, whether it's trends three or not, then that could feed into inflation um, expectations that are on the high side um, of yeah. the Fed's target. And how long can the Fed go on with this? Because we had Raphael Bostic from the Atlanta Fed uh, talking on CNBC overnight saying, you know, they're not expecting any clear answers on the dynamics of inflation until fall, until autumn, their autumn. Uh, and, and he said it might take longer than that. So, uh, I mean, the inflation could be a thing, you know, in the US and many parts of the world for quite a bit of this year. But are the markets going to be patient and say, oh, we'll just hold off and wait and see what happens and whether it subsides again? I wouldn't have thought so. No, that's right. So markets uh, are forward-looking and will be pricing in the prospect of uh, whether the pickup inflation is going to be more more permanent or not. And also uh, we'll be pricing in the chances of the Fed reacting sooner than what their um, current Fed dot plot and uh, other expectations suggest. And it's just interesting that Raphael Bostic did mention the, the, the fall. There's a widely held expectation that um, Fed Chair Powell will be giving uh, the Jackson Hole Symposium in late um, August, and that that would be on the topic of um, tapering asset purchases. So uh, the market is thinking that is probably around the time when the Fed will start talking about the need to taper um, asset purchases, right. and then an actual tapering would not occur until Q4 of this year, or maybe not even to Q1 next year. Yeah. So I mean, we're seeing uh, gold rising to the highest level since February. Uh, so and uh, ten-year break-evens up to two point two point five one percent percent now so you know all of these are signs aren't they of uh, this rising inflation consensus along with this uh, this fall in equity prices uh, those wanting to use uh, bitcoin recently as a hedge against inflation they must be rethinking their strategy though bitcoin is down 23 percent since last wednesday oh dear I think uh, Elon Musk's tweets uh, might have had a bit to do with that. Uh, so not a particularly stable currency. Let's look at uh, let's have a look at what's happening in China though. Their retail sales a lot lower than expected, seventeen point seven percent up year on year. That's a big number, obviously, because of base effects. But the expectation was it was going to be a lot higher than that, wasn't it? Twenty five percent up, and of course it was for the year up to March. It was thirty four percent up. So is the China domestic bounce back? Is that slowing already? Do you think? It's it's very murky, that retail sales figure. And when you delve into the monthly seasonally adjusted data, it suggests retail sales were up by 0.3%, and that's its slowest rate since uh, January. So the past few months have been averaging around 09 So there has been a noticeable slowing, at least in the monthly retail sales data. And then you have to kind of um, ask yourself, does that accord with the other indicators out there in China? And the urban unemployment rate uh, did indeed move down to 5.1%, and it's the slowest level since November 2019. So at this stage, we don't think it signals uh, uh, entrenched slowing in the consumer side, but uh, we'll be looking at that quite closely going forward. 
And the Aussie dollar, uh, it fell to 77.3 US cents. It's back up to 77.7 now, or it is when we're recording this. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's not been gaining on this weakening US dollar. Has, is that a momentary lapse? I mean, I mean, there was the expectation that sometime this year it was going to reach over 80 cents, wasn't there? Uh, and yet it's struggling to spend any time over 78 cents at the moment. Yes, um, according to our fair value models, the Aussie uh, is trading below where those fair value models would have suggested, and that's been going on for the last week or so. Um, mm. When you look at what drives the Aussie, risk, risk sentiment is one of the key drivers, and obviously overnight risk sentiment was on the negative side with the global equities down. Uh, but you also did see the iron ore price uh, surge um, last night as well, so that probably helped the Aussie recover a little bit from here. Our, our view remains, though, uh, of the Aussie continuing to rise from here and towards um, that 83 US cent level by the end of this year. And what about the Kiwi dollar? Because that had a fairly bad session, didn't it? It's down half a percent, even though they had their performance of services index, a record high at 61.2. I mean, it would seem like uh, New Zealand's got the year off to a good start. Yeah, there was no real rhyme or reason for the movement in the Kiwi. I think on Friday, the Kiwi dollar rose uh, quite a lot. So it could be just a little bit of uh, catch up in regards to that. All right. Uh, Now, today, uh, the RBA minutes... Uh, maybe we shouldn't get too excited about that because there's not much they're going to say, is there? Uh, but we also get uh, uh, maybe we should look ahead to the week because we've got uh, wage price, the the wage price index, and um, the uh, employment data as well on Thursday. They're going to be the biggest movers locally this week, aren't they? Uh, for sure, and uh, particularly the employment data. So, um, Treasurer Frydenberg was reported in the papers yesterday uh, saying that job seeker numbers in Australia have fallen by 120,000 since the end of March, uh, and to put that into perspective, um, that would be enough to drop the unemployment rate to below 5%, and it's currently at 5.6% within just a couple of months. So it does look like Thursday's labour force printing is shaping up to be a fairly positive one. Um, and NAB pencils in the unemployment rate falling to 5.4%, and uh, for 40,000 jobs to have been created. And that all comes in the wake of the end of job JobKeeper as well. <clears throat> in, in terms of wages, um, we're starting to hear more um, anecdotes amongst our client base of wages uh, starting to leak, particularly for the professional services firms. And we're hearing uh, some wage increases in the magnitude of 6 to 8, 8% in some particular professional services. Now, that they tend to be relatively isolated stories, uh, but we'll be looking mm. quite closely at that wage price index to see if um, those um, anecdotes are starting to become a little bit more widespread from here. And we recently released some analysis uh, just looking at uh, the impact of the closed international border and the industries that are most likely to be affected. And uh, no surprises here that um, accommodation and the um, hospitality and tourism industries um, are heavily impacted because uh, a fair percentage of their workforce was due to temporary foreign workers. Yeah, uh, no surprise <laughs> whatsoever there. Uh, look, uh, today, preliminary GDP for Q1 for Japan, uh, that's expected to be down. We get a second read on Q1 GDP for the Eurozone and the UK employment report for March as well, which basically covers the first three months of the uh, of the year, which was all in lockdown uh, for the UK. So less people in work, salaries up because lower paid workers weren't working. Is that just about the gist of it today, do you think? Yeah, that's right. And with the UK um, employment uh, data, it's still very murky because of all the wage subsidies that are still operating yeah. out there. And we probably won't really get a real clean read in terms of the UK labour market until uh, until a couple of months' time. Right. And so the big question is, what, what do the markets do now? Because it looks like, you know, late in the day uh, in uh, in the US, the markets are starting to turn again. It is so volatile right now, isn't it? Because no one really has a clue where to turn. 
No, and I guess in terms of what's shaping up for this week, uh, the only real thing on the radar that could impact uh, in terms of an economic point of view is the FOMC minutes, and that may shed mm. a little bit more light uh, in terms of the Fed's views on inflation and in terms of um, their willingness to taper their asset purchases. But uh, that seems to be the only thing that is on the radar. And I think markets will be continuing to reflect on last week's inflation data and trying to dissect whether there's more permanent components that could see inflation rise, uh, aside from those uh, trends for effectors. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll watch and see where it goes next. Good to talk. Tapas, catch you again soon. Uh, Great. Uh, Thanks, Phil. And that's Tuesday morning's morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby, back again on Wednesday morning. See you then. Thanks for listening.